record button. Oh, hey, I'm already recording. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Skids Up, RC Heli Podcast. Um, tonight, I've got Mr. Frank Moradieros. Oh, my God, you said it right. <laughs> Damn you said it, it right. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pure luck, man. I was really lucky. <laughs> I was really good. Um, how are you doing, Frank? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. We've also got Mr. Javier uh, Moreno. Which I, uh, I can't roll. I can't roll you were doing man. so well. I, did I, it I, so well with Frank, and now you screwed I, up with me. Really? Moreno is the easiest one to say, man. Moreno is. <laughs> it's not Moreno. It's Moreno. Wait, it's what? No, it's Moreno. It's, it's Moreno. Moreno. Isn't that what I said? Moreno. It's, no. You're like, what did I you're say? like Moreno. You said like Moreno. 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 It's like easy Italian. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the OU sound. Well, can you guys pronounce my last name? Because I can't yeah, even pronounce it. I can't. Uh, I, can't oh, I don't I can't. think I know your last name. It, it, it pops out on the screen. It's Ferrer. You're a true, you're a true friend, man. True friend. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love, dude. That's it's, uh, it's, it's on the damn screen, Frank. <laughs> it is it is Ferrer. If you can roll your R's, like Ferrer, I, I can't do it. It, it would Ferrer. be Ferrer. Ferrer. So, Rápido rueda en la rueda del ferrocarril. Ferrer. Ferrer. We got, we got three brown people of somewhat Latin descent here. And uh, I... Someone can pronounce my name. <laughs> yeah. Which we just realized that today, by the way. Right. You know, we, we, yeah. we were talking before the show started recording, and hey, we're three, we're brown people. <laughs> we got a let's see, we got a Mexican. A are you Cuban, Frank? Or okay, well, I, I was born in. First of all, you never say the two in the same in the same sentence. That's offensive in every way possible. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, my parents are Cuban. I was born in Venezuela. But I live in Miami, oh. so I tell I'm Filipino and some kind of white. I think it generates from the Virginia area on the white side. Um, oh, actually, you know what? A couple, a few episodes ago, maybe many episodes ago. You, so you're like a Filipino hick? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, we had talked about the origin of my username on HeliFreak. I don't think we've ever actually talked about that anymore. But uh, Tamu Pino, so it's Pino for Filipino, and then Tamu is... Uh, Texas A&M University is where I went to school, so I've been Tamu Pino ever since on all nice. of the forms. So there you go. I'm sure it was bugging one of our listeners to no end. About just one of them, right? Just one of them. Not me. Uh, no, obviously not, because you never mentioned it. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Well, tonight is going to be a um, just another chip chat night, I think. There's been... Um, we had that episode that we released last week uh, that had been in the pipeline for a very long time. So I'm glad that we finally got the interview with Michael out. I was re-listening to that after, you know, at three or four months now since we recorded it. I, uh, I actually enjoyed listening to it. It was a lot of stuff I'd forgotten. Um, and we've got yeah. a few more episodes that are like that, that we'll be able to pump out here, you know, as time goes on. Sorry, Frank, what were you saying? No, no. And it's funny because I got a lot of good um, comments about that episode on the, uh, from people. They reached out oh, to cool. me on Facebook, telling me they really liked it. That they like the dynamics with you know with the uh, with us three so far, so let's keep doing it. You know, we're getting I like close. The dynamics what, what with you, Frank. Yeah, what's what episode <laughs> is this? What number is this? I think this is thirteen. I mean, depending on on the ones that you know we've got that have been okay. Recorded. The ones out. The, the ones out. Yeah, like I think this will be the thirteenth one that we publish. Um, nice. We've got two ones floating around. Uh, Lucky thirteen. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, let me see. try not to mess it up too badly. Yeah, I'll give it time. Okay, I haven't had anything <laughs> yeah. to drink. I haven't had anything to drink. I'm pretty sober and tired, so well, it's just hey, crazy. 
I'll, why don't we let Javier talk for a little bit and you go get yourself a drink. And by the time you come back, he'll still be talking. All right. But <laughs> most likely. I've got myself a uh, nice bottle of bourbon here. Um, a little cheap bourbon. I've got some bullet bourbon. And I am sitting out on the patio. So go for it. Javier, what have you been up to, man? It's been like two weeks. I'm sure you have a billion things to talk about. Yes. Because I have yes. like half a billion. So. <laughs> Well, more, most than anything, it's uh, the sad story of the 500 that continues. Oh, right. So as, as, uh, as, as I've talked about it before, I had a small in physical incident with the 500. So I've been working on trying to get it back up and running. I, uh, I've I basically disassembled a lot, of, uh, a lot of it, made sure that everything's fine, and one of the things that I don't like about wrenching uh, that I, you know, it's completely opposite of uh, building a heli. You know, I really like building helis. Uh, you know, everything's nice and new. You know that everything's going to fit, that nothing's bent, nothing's broken, nothing's worn. Um, you know, everything is perfect. You're not missing the right size screw, you know, nothing like that. Right. But when you wrench, then, uh, you end up missing one side of the canopy screw. Uh, you identify supposedly all the, all the parts that you need, and then you realize that there's another part that's damaged that you didn't realize until you actually started testing the damn thing. So um, that's what happened to me. Started working on it, found that the one-way bearing was, uh, was shot, so I needed to get another one. Then uh, I, uh, I thought that it was ready. I got it actually up in the air, on on a hover and uh, i actually did it on my backyard just a quick like 30 second hover it looked good but it was uh, it had some tail wag so i charged up some batteries and i started to work on the tail on the tail wag until i found out that i had an untunable tail wag which usually means that there's a mechanical issue with the tail so i went back i uh, tore down the tail uh, everything seemed fine uh, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the tail was, uh, moving fine across the slide, the pail, the tail pitch slider was moving fine across, across the shaft. So I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I said, you know, let's just disassemble it all. Let's give a nice polish to the, to the shaft to make sure that it's perfectly nice and nice. Um, what I also do is the little dog bones. I rotate them a little bit to make sure that I break them in nice so that they don't, they don't uh, start uh, binding or getting stuck. So I disassembled it and then I noticed that I had another issue. The, uh, the shaft apparently started eating into the inside of one of the flanged bearings. So the inside, the inner diameter of one of the flanged bearings is a little bit elongated and the shaft uh, has a groove on it. So highly likely that's causing some vibration uh, some uh, some issues, and that's probably the cause of my tail wag. Although I didn't stop there, I also uh, was uh, playing around with the tail servo. I noticed that on one of the edges, it was a little bit uh, how how to how, not binding, but a little bit uh, not as smooth as I wanted it to. So I thought that I may, might have had some gear damage on the tail servo. So I basically opened it up. I checked it out. There was no damage to the gears, but I, uh, what I did anyways was that I re-greased it, I re-centered it, I, I made sure that it was nice. 
nice and, and reassembled. Of course, I took pictures before to make sure that I put the gears back in the correct order, but I made sure that I greased it uh, properly. Uh, you know, I, I, I had bought some uh, high-tech servo grease back in the day to make some maintenance when I was changing gear sets. So I used that. Um, I gave a few turns to the pot. Well, uh, this is actually a, a contactless uh, brushes, brush the servo. So uh, it's nice because you don't actually feel the pot. It's kind of like it's floating, but I gave a few turns to it. And then I made sure that I found the center again. Uh, so, you know, I did kind of like a, a, a deep dive into the servo to make sure that everything was working fine. Uh, so I reassembled it. Then I used the famous, uh, I don't know if, if you know about this trick, the famous uh, Lego, Lego brick trick. Uh, because these, the tail servo of the 500 is not like the uh, cyclic servos on goblins that are um, that are centered at 90 degrees instead of uh, of uh, one. I mean, uh, 180 degrees instead of 90 degrees. But the tail servo does center at 90 degrees. So I used uh, the, the 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 tip that I've that I've seen somewhere about the Lego brick to put a Lego brick on the on the edge of the servo, and then you'll align it with. Um, with the edge or with the center of the rows of the of the of the circles, and then you'll make sure you know that it's uh, perfectly at ninety. So I did that as well. So everything looks uh, fine. I'm just uh, waiting to uh, to to get some parts from uh, from a very gentle uh, friend that I'm very grateful for him that he's going to be sharing some parts with me to make sure that I finish this. Uh, this part, so uh, I think that I should uh, start calling him Uncle Frank. So, um, th so that was pretty cool. So I just need to wait for those parts to uh, to finish the tail, uh, make sure that everything is nice, uh, take it take it for another spin, and uh, hopefully I will get rid of uh, of my uh, of my issues. I ended up. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. You know, I ended up repairing the the canopy and boom, and uh, I did a, a lot of uh, grinding on the canopy to make sure that I had the opening because the I had an old 500 um, classic canopy, and the 500 sport canopy is actually taller, so I had to do a lot of grinding to it to make sure that it fits. I didn't know that you had a 500 classic uh, helicopter. Well, what happens is that the story of that helicopter is that. Uh, I had a I had a friend that sold me that airframe, like super cheap, super super cheap, uh, ridiculously cheap. Um, it it actually included uh, a, a motor, but I changed it for an Exnova. It was a it was a Scorpion motor, and it was working really really well, but it was all faded. Uh, it seemed like very old, so I just changed it for a, for another motor. But, uh, but you know, I, he actually included the motor. So that was a classic, uh, a 500 classic airframe. So when I got it, because I got it so cheap, um, I had the project to buy a 500. So because I got it so cheap, I decided to actually transform it. And I put a thread on Helifreak to convert the 500 classic to a 500 sport. So I checked both manuals. I checked what were different pieces, and I basically changed, uh, you know, the frames, and I changed a few parts, uh, and I did, you know, a full write up of um, of what pieces were needed, were, were absolutely needed, what pieces were not needed, to make a full conversion 
to to a sport. So my 500 sport is actually a five was actually a 500 classic originally. So the I still have the canopy and boom for that uh, original helicopter. So what I did is that because I, uh, as, as I as I had mentioned last time, I ripped open the the, the canopy. It's you know it's in two pieces. It's impossible to repair. So what I did is that I used that 500 uh, classic canopy, and uh, I heavily modded it to to fit. So it works fine. It actually doesn't look as bad as I thought. I would I thought it would look hideous, but it actually doesn't look as bad as I thought. You know, I still miss my 500 sport look, but you know, as, as Frank and Helly's go, you know, as Frank and Helly's go, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's 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 not that bad. I really liked it. Uh, the the uh, the the tail boom looks horrible. Uh, you know, I, I I did a heavy repair on it with uh, with fiberglass, but you know, it's very usable. Um, I think that it'll work fine for a while. Wait a minute, I was gonna, I wasn't, wasn't gonna ask you about that actually, um, because that's something that I've I've been curious about how to fix um, fiberglass like that. What's your process of kind of that quick and dirty repair that you did? Well, what I do is I have a, it's called a Bondo, a B-O-N-D-O fiberglass, uh, fiberglass uh, repair kit. It's sold at Walmart. Whoa, it's, uh, oh, I gotta ask a question. You're, you don't mess with nitro because of the dirt and the ugliness of it. But you'll <laughs> but do does, Bondo work. full body repair. <laughs> but you'll do like, you'll do like fiberglass body repair. Yes, yes, on, on a lot of cables and a lot of boobs I've done that, yes. Go ahead, I'm sorry. But that is only a temporary measure you have to take into account. <laughs> He's, got a good point. He's got a good point out here. I mean, come on. But, I mean, come on. I mean, fiberglass repair is nowhere near as, uh, as, as, as annoying as tuning a nitro engine from what I've heard. Or getting as messy. I mean, it's just the smell. It's not that messy actually to do that repair. Well, anyway, what is the what does the repair consist of? Like, what do you how do you actually? There is basically what it consists of is uh, you you uh, there's you know uh, a fiberglass liquid, um, which is kind of like uh, kind of like an epoxy. Then you have a hardener, so you mix the both together, and then you use uh, the the actual fiberglass uh, like it's like a sheet. Like a sheet of uh, uh, of, of cloth, carbon fiber. Yeah, yep, of car cloth. yeah, kind of kind of carbon fiber cloth. So you use that and you cut it, you know, to the to the size that you need to make the repair, and then you just pour the uh, the let's say the epoxy into it, and just mm -hmm. uh, just you know kind of move it around just to make sure that it uh, that it covers the entirety of the cloth, and then you just let it dry and that's it. It's kind of like okay. kind of like epoxying it. It's really a two-part process, right? So you want to use fiberglass cloth and fiberglass resin to, to create the structure of it, right? To yes. harden the structure, make yes. the correction, right? Yes, but the kit and comes then, with everything. So the kit comes with the cloth, uh, with the resin, and with the hardener. Okay. And then you do the bondo. The bondo, it's not uh, – bondo is most like a filler that you kind of – it's like the – yeah, no, I've used like I've used Bondo, like I've used Bondo before. It's like wood. Oh. It's like wood filler. Yeah, um, and you you putty it up and then you sand it down. That's that's exactly that's a good way to do it. I I used to hear back in the day, like if you guys listen to the old RCA chat episodes, that they would use toilet paper and CA, 
And I always oh. thought, that, man, that, that, that seems like such a weak, uh, weak connection, you know, and hold up, wait, I'm going to get all the hate mail from all the old school guys. No, I mean, if you think book. about it, it sounds like it'd be a great connection because you got like a, like a pulp fibrous, you know, sheet, and then you just basically inundate it with a, a, a liquid resin. And I mean, it seems yeah, like but, it'd be good. Yeah, but it's thin, so crap. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it seems like you go through a lot of CA glue, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I, I got like my five seventy. You can literally see through the canopy on one spot, and kind of it's like asking gives you some character. I don't know, man. I just For use sure. a, I just I just electrical electrical tape the shit out of it. <laughs> Atta boy. <laughs> Actually, no. It's funny. I have a I have a couple canopies that are dedicated to uh, to crashing. So usually, when I'm trying new things out, I'll be like, if I think about it beforehand, I'll be like, hmm, I should put my beater canopy on just in case. Always uh, good. If I'm trying out new moves. Anyway, sorry, Javier. I didn't mean to interrupt part one of thirty five of your story. <laughs> no. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, so that's about it. Um, you know, I, I did have to uh, use the Dremel a little bit because I, you know, I'm not very good at that. I'm not a very good handyman or, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a nitro guy, so I'm not very inclined to do all these repairs. So uh, I ended up having a few bumps. So the, what happened was that the, the foam that you use as the blade holder foam was getting scraped a lot and I couldn't actually run it through the boom. Because it was all like, uh, like, like a little uh, hillside, uh, mountainside system. I mean, it was very bad. It was not, you know, it was not all smooth because I, you know, all the resin had all these bumps. So I had to use the Dremel to, to smoothen it out, and it didn't end up that bad. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it looks ugly, but I think that functionally it, it it'll work very, very well until I can, you know, uh, test it, make sure that everything works, and then slowly buy the by the canopy and boom yeah but it looks okay man and if, if if you're gonna like i keep telling you stick stick with one machine and just fly it and get really good with that one machine and you'll see how it will transfer over to other ones but that would be the machine you know do it it's already it's already has a lot of character not to call it ugly but character i would just fly concentrate putting in full load of flights on that like figure out a way how you can bring a charger with you and charge off your car and do two rounds on on that one heli alone Every time you go out of fly, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I what I do, uh, well, the the plan the plan is to is to basically fly mostly the five seventy and the five hundred, which are very similar in in flying characteristics. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. have uh, four packs each, so um, I usually pre-charge. So that would be eight flights back to back, which is usually around the time that I have on Saturday mornings to go to go fly. I think that that's. You know that that would put me in a very good spot for for regular practice uh, and trying nice. to get that. So um, I I also usually take the small one uh, the uh, the the 380 and I used to take the 420. Of course, it's now down. But uh, but I think that yeah, I mean I you're you're completely right. I think that I'm gonna focus on the 570 and on the on the 500 because they definitely feel a lot better. And now I'm having some issues with. Uh, with a 380 that I'll that I'll I'll talk about next, but uh, but yeah, definitely the I think that the 570 and the 500 are are just very good behaving helis, and uh, I just they, you know they're 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 the right size, uh, visibility, the the performance, 
the stability, you know, everything makes them, uh, and, and the fact that, you know, as you said, you know, they, they basically are the same helicopter. You know, you could basically say that the 570 is a 500 stretch. I mean, they share so many pieces. So they, 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 they behave very, very similarly. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a plan to fly mostly those, those helicopters to try to get, get to know them really well and uh, hopefully they'll survive through the season and I can actually progress. Cool, man. As far as the 420, well, I found more damaged parts, of course. Uh, I found that uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh, pitch arms is bent. Uh, I found some more um, on the, the radial bearings on the head are actually notchy. They're not as notchy, you know. You couldn't feel them when the when the head was assembled, but when I disassembled the head to uh, to take out, because uh, as you know, on goblins you have to disassemble the head and take out the spindle to be able to reach the bolts to remove the pitch arms, which doesn't happen on the kraken. Uh, but on the on the goblins you have to do that. So I realized at that point that my radial bearings on the head were also notchy. So I'm just going to leave the 420 there for a while. Um, I think that, you know, as I've just said, I'm going to focus on the, on the bigger ones. The, the 380, I've always liked that helicopter, how it flies. Uh, it flies really, really well. But um, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, to push the helicopter a little, a little bit more, right? I mean, this, this season is the first season that I'm starting to, to try the, uh, the uh, disc out, tail down funnels, and the nose down funnels. Uh, before I was trying only the disc in, tail down funnels. So I'm trying to push the helicopter a little bit more. And uh, when I push it, be it on, you know, the hardest maneuvers on the tail, which are, you know, coming out of uh, trying to correct from a bad turn on a funnel, or uh, flying backwards inverted, the tail blows out when you when you push it too much. So um, I have to play around with it, but you know, as I said, I'm not um, I'm not gonna focus as much on that as soon as the 500 is back on the air. Uh, the uh, the 380 will probably stay so that I can also charge faster. Just the batteries for the 570 and 500, and just. Uh, punch out on those guys although i do like how the 380 flies and uh, and, and i'm amazed you know of the spirit uh, every day I, I i like it more uh, i mean on all the fiberless systems that i've that i've flown i could feel a very significant difference between blades and uh i'm using now the sab blackline blades the stock nice. goblin 380 blades and it's flying really nice i mean and before the you know th there was very a very significant very noticeable lack of response on those blades on my just fiberless it's and now with the spirit you know flying really nice on on those blades uh so find any fault on them at all so so i'm very happy i'm very happy with the 380 but you know now that i'm pushing it a little bit more you know it's a little bit tricky so i'll just focus on the big ones uh as soon as the 500 goes back here. Uh, it should so be pretty soon, right? Eh? Oh, um, should be pretty soon. Should be pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, those parts uh, this I'm week or so. Them, I'm going to get them out this week. They, they're all put up. Yep, yep. It should be, it should be soon. Got, I, it should be soon. Uh, the, uh, yeah. there's, there's, well, if you guys heard the, um, I don't know if you've heard the latest episode of the, of the Heli Heads show. 
uh, they started something called the Full Pool School. Uh, Frank, you've probably heard about it from Facebook. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you've heard about that, Paul. Well, you're also a Facebook guy now, right? So hey, 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 heard about on. that. As I wouldn't well. go that far. I don't call myself a Facebook guy. Well, you're more <laughs> a Facebook guy than I. That I don't even have an account. You have a, you have an account on Facebook. You have a Facebook account at least. Who am I kidding? I've, seen, I've seen it. I've seen it on Facebook. And I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So uh, so I I did I did that. You know I I I took the challenge at least for the first one. I don't know if I'll be able to keep up. Uh, I don't know what else they're going to want to do. But I think it was a good challenge uh, for myself. I've been doing, you know, the training stuff. What, what I feel very comfortable with maneuver-wise, I've been doing it for real. I've been translating, you know, these new maneuvers, uh, basically the, the, the new variants of the funnels uh, from the sim to reality. From the sim to reality. But um, I've, I usually don't do any... Uh, training quote unquote so i i just fly you know fly for fun whenever i'm at the field and i reserve all the training for the sim but because of this full pool uh school challenge i actually uh, forced myself to do that so what i did is that i i did all all eight orientation hover and i'm surprised that the helicopter came back in one piece <laughs> so that was that was really good i i was uh I was surprised, you know, that, that, I, that I could actually do it. The one orientation that was really hard to keep focused on and that I actually took a much more altitude than I, than I needed to and I couldn't keep it exactly at the altitude that I wanted was the uh, inverted uh, tail-in hover. So that was, that was hard. But I was able to do it. Uh, you know, and turn and, you know, keep it there, even if it was a little bit higher and then return the tail to a side in inverted and then return it and finish the, and finish the cycle. Uh, unfortunately, on the video that I took, uh, because, uh, because the heli started climbing a little bit more uh, when I went on, on, on that tail in uh, inverted orientation, the last orientation uh, is a little bit short. You don't see it, but I was able to, you know, do all eight orientations. On, on the 380. Um, so that, I, that was good. You know, I was very happy about that. Um, and I think that, you know, that's something that I probably will keep on practicing um, to, you know, to get better. So that was very good. So I, uh, I did that one and I submitted it to YouTube. I don't know if you guys uh, actually saw that or not. I've got, a, I've got a life outside of helicopters, Javier. I, I did not see it. Uh, I'm, just kidding. I'm, I'm I, just kidding. I, what's, I saw what's, it. what's outside of helicopters, man? <laughs> just kidding, man. I saw it. <laughs> um, after after our last episode, I felt kind of bad that I hadn't seen your episode, hadn't seen your uploaded videos, and I uh, actually started watching some of them and just kept on watching them. So I did see that one. Okay. Cool. Cool. So um, he got you with the guilt. He did. I mean, he's just yes. got that way of guilting people. You know, it's like no, no. Like, I, oh. I see. I, Oh, I see them when he posts on, on our on, when he puts a link on our chat. I always yeah. I always check those out, but I don't go like purposely go through every one of his videos. I'm like, I don't want to think I'm stalking him or something. So I was like, if he posts one there, oh, I'll go check it out. Oh, that's a good flight. Oh, well, I was really trying good. to find the, I was trying to find the one where he did the the where he did the tail uh, disc out um, tail down funnels for the first time. So I watched Perfect. a few until I found it. I'm trying to justify why I spent so much time on your YouTube page, Javier. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's on. good. That's you what's know, going more, on. He's, more views, the better. He's a stalker. <laughs> don't worry about it. 
All right. So um, I uh, next next item on on my on my list. Um, I had a small. I won't go into details. Uh, you guys know a little bit more of the details, but I won't go a lot more into details. But I had a small inconvenient on my hobby room, so I was forced to do a reorg. Uh, basically, I took everything out of the hobby room and I took it back in. So uh, I did a little bit of a reorg, and I think it was nice. You know, it was very similar to how it was before. Uh, small tweaks. But um, I was very happy with the result. Um, you know, I have my Star Wars corner. I have my helicopters, uh, you know, as before with uh, the awesome SAB towels. Uh, I have uh, a, a little bit more order because now I, I introduced a new piece of furniture. So, uh, so I have a bit more drawers to put things into. So I was able to clean up a little bit more. So I was happy with the result that uh, my hobby room finally got back to me being able to work on it, which was cool. And uh, also on a, on, on a little bit of, uh, I guess you could call it news. Uh, did you guys see that the Urcha pre-registration is open? Yep. So that's nice. uh, no, no, definitely, I'm, I'm definitely hoping for that to happen. I hope that I can actually see you guys. Yeah, what's the um, what's the dates on that again? Uh, first week of August, I think. Yeah, or first week, week of August. August. Yeah, okay. I think got, you're just gonna drive, right, Javier? Like it's yes, yes, I'm gonna drive. Okay. So I gotta figure something out because my office, that my job is, is asking us to refrain from travel uh, for for traveling to uh, to events uh, with large people to kind of keep the COVID down. But uh, they don't know. I, I, do, I do a podcast, so they probably won't hear this. But <laughs> I'm going no matter what. I'm going no matter what. Yeah, we, we yeah. have to meet, guys. We have to meet. And that's going to be the perfect opportunity. And actually, ironically, it is possible that it won't be, you know, uh, with a lot of people this year. Right. And I mean, of all the, of all the large events to, to go to, one that's entirely outdoors, um, I feel is not as bad i don't know yep. i'm still planning i'm still planning on going uh i'm not probably not gonna fly though i might just take an extended road trip that's what i'm thinking of doing it's one hell of a drive though that's damn it's a long drive well it's longer for me because i'm a little bit south florida than anybody I, yeah uh but it's like 18 hours for me right so i'm thinking i'm gonna drive up to Ch uh, charleston and pick up uh pick up uh nutter butter which is chris nut chris ryan nut we call him nutter butter we pick pick him up who i mean him drive the rest of the way to urcha actually and by me i mean him and by we i mean him so yeah that'll be a cool little stop and that way we'll have everything we need there because I, i've gone to events before where i just take my i just take my um my case and you know load up two helis in it and my radio and go and kind of use other people's stuff but and you know and doug darby's going to be there so i know i'll have everything i need to wrench on or fix and whatever he wants he he has a toolbox that i can use anytime i need to but i like bringing my own stuff and Oof, it's 15, and 15 hours that's a 15 hour drive for me um 14 hours and 48 minutes. 
Um, but yeah, that's not, I mean, that's not terrible. I've driven, you know, I've driven to DC and Chicago from Dallas. So that's not. Ooh, that's rough too, times, buddy. That's not awful, but that's I think the only, the only problem is that my, um, my car is not necessarily conducive for shitty roads. And there's a whole lot of shitty roads between here and Indiana. <laughs> really? <laughs> like my car's like two inches off the ground. <laughs> what do you, what are you driving? It was a 335 uh, BMW coupe. Nice. But it's, you know, it's been modified quite a bit. It, it, it's got it's really stiff. It's got really stiff. I was, I was actually thinking about that when Javier said that, you know, he's taking things apart and, and realizing that things weren't quite put together properly. I, I remember when I was fixing my, um, when I was like modifying my Subaru and my, my Mitsubishi and I'd, I'd put a new part on and I'd be finished and there's like 15 bolts left over. I'm like, well, I hope I didn't need those. <laughs> well, I, I know you're not on, I know you guys aren't, you, um, Javi, you're not on Facebook and, uh, Paul, you're barely ever on, you just go on the hangout and stuff like that. But have you guys, uh, you guys, when you go on there next time, check out Steve Hume's, uh, what does he have, a Miata? He's, he's, he's souping up a Miata oh, and nice. he's pulled the motor out. He's putting a huge turbo in it. It's pretty cool. In a Miata, huh? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of easy. He's, he's doing, he's called it the eBay special. Well, it's just usually the Miatas are for, you know, people use them for autocross where you don't, you don't yeah. really have the lead time to, to, to deal with the, the turbo lag of a big turbo. For sure. um, that's interesting. Yeah. No, I, um, man, when I sold my, when I sold my STI, it had, it was like 450, 460 to the wheels, I think. And it was an all wheel drive. It was fast as shit. Man. The BMW was oh, fast, but nowhere near as fast as that thing. That thing used to scare me, which is <laughs> probably one of the reasons I sold it. Um, anyway, Javier, sorry, so, you were talking about Urshia. We, well, well, at least we didn't talk about architecture, so that's good. Speaking of architecture. But, uh, have, you, have you noticed a great architecture that you, in, uh, <laughs> you could go on for hours if you're asking for it? Hey, Frank, I thought you were going to drink water. I did. I actually, no, I didn't get water. I got a cocktail and Ooh. on a big cup, and I put that down. It was a little Cheers, vodka baby. and cranberry. Vodka and cranberry. And I put that down pretty quickly. I'm almost done with this, with this bourbon here. I need to go get myself another one. Um, Okay, yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I just have one close, more dude. It's been like 30 minutes, man. <laughs> you have been, we have been talking for 52 minutes at, on this Zoom call. Well, right? uh, well, you have been interrupting me quite a bit. I'm, yeah, I'm, trying, trying, to to say, I'm trying to save our listeners from the Javier show. Okay, so last one, I promise. Um, unless you guys come up with something else that we end up discussing. But, um, but the last item is uh, Spirit, uh, Spirit 3.1 version. Yes, is out, which uh, I have it on one helicopter. Includes the support for Jetty, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's always had support for Jetty, but there's there is more support for Jetty this time around, which is pretty cool. And I can talk about that when I talk about my new allegiance that I just switched to. Cool, cool. So yeah, that's kind of like a news item, but I just wanted to mention it, and also that I have not updated, and I don't plan to update for now. I'm still running on what is it, two point eight? I think was the last version. So I'm still running yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm going to update. You know, it's mostly uh, Jetty stuff. I don't see uh, a lot of uh, reasons to move to it. Although they say that they improved rescue. He basically regrowed the rescue routine that uh, it had some issues after doing some style turns, I think, or something that it got confused. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but that he fixed it. But uh, I, no, I mean, there's, know, dude, there's a lot of updates to the uh, sensitivity of the sensors. Yeah. with the spirit two units so 
I mean, there's a lot, I mean, it might not look like there's any new features, but there's a ton of changes. Um, and then as far as like the geolink goes, like the compass is improved by an entire order of magnitude, which is like crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but I, I don't think that, that I, you know, I don't think that I need it, uh, from, from what I've read, you know, uh, you know, you said, you know, a lot of, uh, sensor stuff, geolink rescue jetty. So I think that I'm going to stay on, on 2.8 for a while. Um, at least until I get used to the helicopters, oh, the way that fly. Uh, I finally tune them the way that I like them, which the, 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 the 570 is incredibly close to that. Uh, I'll probably leave it like, like that. It's flying really, really well. I made a, a couple more tweaks. Oh, uh, by the way, remember my tail kick that I had um, when, when it's pulling up? Mm -hmm. I actually yeah. fixed that. I, I found that there's a, there's a setting on the Spirit Governor that you can tell it uh, for how long you want, uh, you know, well, actually how fast you want it to take over, basically, uh, the, the governor. So from uh, 10 milliseconds to 15 milliseconds, I don't know, something like that. Um, so I got it down to the lowest value and my tail kick is almost completely gone. So I was very happy. So nice. I made that tweak to the 570, um, and I also made a change to the rudder delay, which is uh, something that I also saw in the manual that I had a five, and the BK servo that I have on there is recommended as zero to three. So I put it to three, and the very slight whack that I had on, on hover is gone. So, I mean, the 570 is, is very close to perfection. I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy with it, the way that it's flying and and how it's, uh, how it's allowing me to transport all my stuff from this into reality. So I'm looking forward to the 500 because that'll, I, I think that will give me basically kind of like double the flights uh, on a very similar feel to continue, to continue my progression. So very happy, very excited yeah. for that. Um, so that was finally it. No way. Jesus. How long have we been 44? Uh, 45 minutes. Wow. So, I think. I'm not sure. It doesn't, it doesn't but, actually tell you that I can But see. I went through the whole list this time. I mean, I left no items for next time. <laughs> I'll get your seven minutes and then I'll get my seven minutes. And then, <laughs> okay. And then Javier could talk for the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, well, okay. So for me, it's been like a, it's been a pretty eventful couple of weeks. Um, I think the one thing I wanted to start off with is that, you know, I was, I was reading this, this article about how, uh, you know, this, this environment that we're in is, is causing people's brains to react and like the stress that you're under, maybe even unconsciously uh, through all this crap and, you know, the kind of the inability for you to keep processing new information and, and all people have different ways they respond to that. And um, I have found the way that I respond to it is to simply buy helicopter stuff and it makes me, makes me feel better. So, which is interesting. I didn't realize that about myself. I, I don't, I don't usually buy a whole lot of things. And I've found that during this lockdown, I've gotten like, I've got like two new helicopters and a new transmitter and a bunch of new receivers. And it's like, what is more heli stuff than I've bought in like the last two years combined, which is kind of funny. So all that to say that, you know, I've gotten a few, a few toys in the mail recently. Um, the DS-12 Jetty Carbon Edition came in uh, two days ago or three days ago now. Nice. And uh, that one has been uh, pretty cool. It's, it, it, you know, people had said that the quality of the DS12 was disappointing compared to the higher end models. And I haven't spent a whole lot of time with the higher end models. I, I've held one before, but uh, man, I'm really impressed with the DS12. I mean, it is at least the carbon edition. It, it feels solid. The heft is there. The, the controls are very, you know, very crisp. 
Um, I like the fact that it's got metal buttons, metal gimbals. One thing I have noticed though is that, and I went through this a bit with Gropner, but not to this extent. Um, I can't change the tension on the sticks to be as light as I would like. Uh, even backed out all the way, the tensioning spring is still, I'd say about one and a half to two times stiffer than what I'm used to on the DX8. And so for the last, you know, three or four days, I've been simming a lot. Like I've, I've been trying to get used to this transmitter. So I've been simming like, you know, half an hour in, early in the morning, half an hour for breakfast, like just in half an hour increments, like then um, I've been simming upwards of like, you know, two, two or two or three hours a day. And uh, I've noticed that my, my hands like really hurt because I'm just not used to the constant extra pressure of a stiffer gimbal spring. And I'm hoping this is something I can get used to because it's made my flying like suck ass. Uh, if you were to watch me fly now relative to where I was flying a week ago with the, the X8, it's like, man, this dude's been flying for two weeks and he's bouncing all over the place. So all of those really fine muscle movements that you kind of learn and, and perfect, you know, because we're talking movements of like a 16th of an inch um, in rapid succession, right? And if, if the pressure yeah. and the, the tension is different, like significantly different, all of that muscle memory is completely gone. And so like my flying has just been terrible and I'm, I'm actually kind of scared to take it out with a real helicopter until I get this sorted out. Uh, can, there was you some, got, can you talk that? about the, the sprints on it? Yeah, no, I was looking at that. There, there, there is an official spring kit from Jetty that's stiffer, which I don't know why you would, Jesus, why you want something stiffer. Cause I mean, you can take the stock springs and stiffen them up by using the adjustment screws. But if you want something that's even stiffer than that, like, you know, if you want to get a thumb workout, you can go for it. There isn't anything that I've seen that is a lighter spring. Uh, I put out a question on the Jetty uh, forum with uh, an heli freak, and I got one guy that had the same experience that I did. And then there was another guy that linked me to a, just a, a company that sells, you know, stock springs. If you know the dimensions of anything, you can buy it. And so I'm going to look into that first because I don't think there's an yeah. official spring, but I think that I could find one that will fit. And I just need to figure out what the, the pound per inch rating on that spring is, and then yeah. hopefully get something else. Or I'll just get used to it. I mean, it took me about three weeks to get used to the Grappner, uh, and then another three weeks to get used to the Spectrum again once I, uh, yeah. once I no longer had the Grappner. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, it is what it is. But um, I've converted one helicopter, my um, Oxy-4, um, to, to use the new receiver, and uh, it's an R, R, R3, I believe, but I haven't turned converted anything else. And speaking of, um, speaking of Oxys, and also, you know, I was talking, and, you know, Frank and, and Javier and I were talking about, if you want to progress your flight style, uh, one thing to do is to limit the number of helicopters that you fly on a regular basis, um, just so that you can kind of really lock in, you know, the, the you can get, just get more familiar with each individual machine's characteristics and how they handle. And as soon as I get over this transmitter thing, I will do that. But so I, I've got a ton of helicopters that are just different sizes, makes and models. And I've started consolidating all of those because I, I, I really liked building them. You know, I, I also liked buying used ones and just seeing how they fly and setting them up. And then I kind of let them collect in my garage. So now I'm going to start consolidating all that down to just a few models, um, maybe three or four versus the seven or eight that I currently have. Uh, so I sold my 360 um, Oxy-4 uh, and also sold the same guy, I sold one of my Oxy-2s. So I've got rid of nice. those two. I was thinking about getting rid of the Gowie as well, um, just because it serves the same purpose as the, you know, the Oxy-3 does, or yeah. Oxy, uh, sorry, Oxy-4. And so yeah. that would give me a, you know, one 450 size machine 
and then I'll have two five, 500, 570 ish size machines. And then the new one, which I just, um, just received in the mail and I got a yeah. XL power 700, uh, off of HeliFreak oh. for a pretty good bargain. I think it was about half, about half what it would have cost to build brand new. Yeah. Uh, so I know Javier's going to give me shit for not buying a goblin, but can I, can I uh, go get my drink now? <laughs> yeah, you should go get your go drink. It, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll give some shit for not, not having a goblin. But I'm happy yeah, better. yeah, I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm tired of telling him. I mean, goblin, 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 goblin. I mean, I thought we had agreed that it was just a matter of drilling down which model of goblin helicopter, not another different brand. No, see, I've seen, Javier, I've seen the tears that you have shed over your beautiful goblins being destroyed. And, you know, I don't think I'm going to shed any tears when I crash the XL700 because it's just a tool to get a job done. Well, here's, here's the thing. So here's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to fly your X-Factor, and you're going to like it, and you're going to get big. And then come Urcha, you're going to fly one of my goblins, one of my 700 size goblins. And then you're going to be like, oh, man, I waited this long to get one. And then you're probably going to walk to any of the vendors there and pick one up on the spot. That is probably know, true. That is, that is actually, you're know the, that is exactly you, you gotta know You're going to know the difference right there on the spot. Yeah. Because there's, a, there's, you know, and man, my boy Nut, I love you, dude. My partner on the Hangout from day one. Love you. And he's XL power all the time. Scotty, you know, uh, Cajun heavy, same time, dude. But it is hard. It is hard work to beat an SAP helicopter. And, oh, I mean, just, and I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not. Uh, it's just when you look at the – I'm really good at crashing things. And when you look at the crash costs, uh, man, there is a stark difference. You know, obviously the electronics are the same price. But, yeah. you know, the, the parts are just they – are, they are conducive to Paul crashing. You know, but, but but I'm telling you, 700s. You you crash less with a 700. You will crash less because you won't fly as low. They're bigger, so you're gonna fly far away, fly higher. So unless you have mechanical failures or you're really trying to fly at a, a competition level like Kyle, like Kyle Stacy or you know Mitch Marosa, any of those guys, you it's I I haven't I've crashed my 700 trying to do things that were out of my out of my league, but on average. They come home in one piece. That's a good. That, that is a good point because I've I've noticed you know even though the largest helicopters that I have are you know the five seventy and the Oxy five I um, have spent significantly uh, less time repairing them. You know I've I've only mm -hmm. I haven't crashed yeah I haven't crashed either of them, but uh, I crashed the I crashed the Oxy two you know all the time yeah. and since it costs yeah. nothing to fix um, I just don't even care, and then yeah. I, I usually crash the the, the you know four fifty size ones not all the time but maybe once once every two months or something like that. But yeah, yeah. I, I could see that with the 700, I'd be a lot more careful. And um, it's all, it, it's, you know, it's just a lot easier to fly too. Well, it's also, it's a lot more robust. It's a, it's a bigger helicopter. You can see it better. It, it, when you land it, it lands a little, it lands a little tougher, you know, it has a little more robustness. You can, you can tip it over and it won't destroy itself as, as quickly as the small ones will, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, well, Ali, I, I look forward to taking it. I look forward to taking it out. I um, I am waiting. You gotta do a on, video. Of it. I will. I will. I don't have any extra um, Spirit units or receivers for it, so I am waiting on the Spirit RS pre-order to come through. So that's uh, the right. the seven hundred just sitting in the garage for now, and I'll continue nice. flying the Oxy Five and the Five Seventy. Speaking of the Oxy Five, I know last time I had talked about the landing skids that had fallen off because I'm a dumbass. Um, well, it turns out that that was not the extent of my dumbassery. Uh, oh, it, <laughs> yeah. your, the dumbassery went to a higher level? 
Well, the dumbass, it was, it was all part of the same instance of dumbassery, but it just manifested itself in two different trips. So the first time was the skids rattling themselves loose. And then the second time, um, I mean, I told you I, I had built the five, the Oxy-5 in, in two stints and that were separated by, God, like four months. So I had not I had not taken very detailed notes, or I thought I had, but I guess I didn't, about what was fixed and what wasn't, or what was ready to go, what needed to be rechecked. And um, I was flying the, the five and I was, you know, I was doing, I was being gentle with it. I was doing 3D, but not nothing, I mean, nothing crazy. And I was in the middle of a, um, I can only do funnel eights in one direction. I can do them starting on the, if we, if we start from, from left to right with the um, disc kind of down. Clockwise. Yeah, clockwise disc down clockwise. Disc, disc down clockwise. That's the only way I can okay. do them successfully in real life. In the sim, I can do them both ways, but they're sloppy. So the only one I've been brave enough to try in real life is the um, is clockwise uh, disc down on the start. And I was doing that, and as soon as I flipped it upside down, there was this just giant crack. It scared the crap out of me. Um, and I flipped it over immediately, landed it. I was like, what the hell was that? And it, I thought it was like a my my mains clipping my tails at some point, but I looked, looking a little further, you know, there was a giant hole in the middle of the blade that was then a crack that was spreading out from that hole in both directions, about you know two to three inches on either side, and it looked like if you had just stuck a screwdriver in there and just pulled up, you would have split the blade completely in half. Wow. And um, I had no idea what had happened. Uh, my first reaction was that. You know, I'd, I'd hit something in midair, but when I put it on the forum and everyone's like, oh, are you missing any screws? It's like, oh, didn't think about that. And yeah. I was. I was missing a singular screw off of one of the servos, the bottom servo of the, one of the cyclics. And as soon as I flipped it upside down, you know, the down was now where the blades were. And it just the bolt just flew into the blades and cracked it. So that was an expensive, expensive mistake. Uh, so I, <laughs> when I got home, I like took literally everything apart just to make sure and uh, cleaned everything off and then Loctited it and waited another, waited another day. But uh, thankfully, I mean, that was two, two mishaps that could have been very bad. Uh, thankfully the helicopter was still in one piece and I've, I've been able to fly it a few more times since then. And I think it's, I think I've, I've ironed out all of my stupid mistakes. Um, let's see what else. I think that was the major things I wanted to talk about. You know, I, d I did notice that uh, on the Hangout, Frank, that there was a, yeah. a mentorship thing, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe uh, cool. Well, you could talk about that when you're on your, uh, when I hand the mic. And oh. I think the last thing that I was going to talk about was, um, other than the fact that I have officially put in a, in a uh, bid for membership at this new club. I love this club. I love all the people there that I've met so far. Um, there are some kick-ass heli pilots there. I was there this past yeah. weekend, and this one dude had his uh, T-Rex, two T-Rexes, one 700 and one 700, sorry, one 700 Nitro, one 700 Electric. And holy shit, man, he was, Nitro. He was, he was amazing. <laughs> Nitro. Um, and I was just sitting there, you know, doing my thing, and I was like, hey, I got a funnel. I got an upside-down funnel. And then he goes out there and just like, Kyle Stacy's, you know, I was like, oh, man, I'm not, I've got things to learn. So I've been enjoying the club. Uh, there's definitely a strong heli presence there. And all the people are just, you know, really great guys. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I think the last thing that I wanted to talk about was a little thing I saw in Helifreak. It was, um, you know, the main section. Uh, it was a tool that you can't live without. And, you know, you see a lot of things of, you know, what should I get? What kind of tool should I get? And everyone's like, oh, you need ball pliers. You need a pitch gauge. Obviously, there's things that you need to work on helicopters that are pretty universal. but um, well, I got to thinking that there's a couple of things that I use almost daily, for better or for worse. And 
I've never seen those get mentioned. And a couple, I didn't know if you guys had any, any things like this, but for, for me, I use a locking wrench, kind of like a pipe wrench, but something like a locking pair of pliers. Like I use those things every single time, uh, making sure that obviously you don't clamp them too hard to break or dent anything. But there's been so many instances where what I wanted to undo or get, you know, pull out just wasn't possible without that. And um, it saved my, my fingers, my finger muscles on a lot of things too, just because you can clamp something down and then screw it in. Or, uh, and then the other thing was a, an electric screwdriver that has a hex bit on it. Um, so I, I bought one recently. It's a Skill, S-K-I-L. And this guy, I mean, I know that there's reasons that you would not want to use an electric screwdriver. First one being the amount of torque that you'd be accidentally applying to a bolt. Yeah. Uh, the second being that, you know, a lot of electric screwdrivers you can't actually use as a real screwdriver. They, they only are electric. And if you try to torque it down manually, you'll break them. And so the skill one I find nice because it doesn't have a torque gauge, which kind of can lull you into a false sense of security. But how many times do you actually know the torque rating of the bolt you're working on? So this one make, makes you kind of consciously only go up to the point where you would then need to manually screw it in. And the second point is that this thing can actually be used as a regular screwdriver once you stop using it electrically. And when I took apart my um, uh, when I took apart my Oxy Four recently because of a, a tail mishap, I think I got it done. I got the entire repair done in half the time that I normally would with a normal wrench. So what I've been doing is just using the electric screwdriver to do all the manual, you know, over and over and over and over again. And then I pull it out and I use an actual driver to finish it up to make sure I don't torque it down too hard. But those two things alone have been like huge, huge uh, helps for when I'm wrenching. But I know that that's been helping me. So those are the, that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I want to talk about. Um, cool. So Frank, man, how's it been? Dude, it's been good. All kidding aside. I've been working like 60 hours a week, so my flying has, hasn't been as good as it usually is. But I've been able to get some flights in. Uh, not this weekend, but last weekend I went flying in, um, in Broward at the Marken Club. It was pretty cool. It was seeing a bunch of guys that I usually don't see that often. They were all there, and I got to help a few guys with their with setups and on their nitros and on their electrics. I got to hang out with my buddy Don Shaw, who's who's a good friend of mine. Um, he's a he's a goblin, a holic, you know. Um, he just got a new he just got a new used goblin, but it's pretty cool. Um, so I flew that day, and I flew on Monday night. Yeah, Monday Monday I went flying. I got up, I got to work a little early, and I went to the field, and I was able to bang out. Uh, Three or four flights, which is just usually what I need during the week, kind of keep my calm. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, I got I pre-ordered the Goblin 580, so I'll have that in a few weeks. I can't wait for that. Nice. Uh, yes, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for you, man. That's awesome. It is. It's gonna be pretty cool. I have Are everything you reading... for it. Okay, that was that was my next question. Is like, do you have do you have uh, old equipment for it? So I, I'm stripping down one of my black nitros because I, I need servos and um, they're on back order. So I'm going to put some 7,001s on it for now just to get it up in the air and fly it for a couple of months. But I'm going to use the Contronic ESC, a 120 Heli Jive, I think, or Heli Jive Pro. Contronic guys don't kill me for not knowing the name. I know there's a few of them out there. There are hardcore guys, but it's a Contronic ESC. Uh, um, uh, and a 40, 
4025 uh, Scorpion motor. Uh, B bar, of course. I'm going to run it as a 12S and run it as a, on 600, uh, 603s. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? There's been some good drama on the hang, not on the hangout, but on Facebook alone. Which hey, I tried. Frank, before before yes. that, uh, did you did you buy the the optional server mounts? I think that it comes with uh, yes, minis, yes. right? I, yeah, I'm gonna buy. I'm, I'm I I got the optional server mount coming. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be pretty cool. Even though if if I had a set of minis, I I would probably go with that because it keeps it lighter. And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the the minis on my 570 nitro conversion that I'm building too. So that one has that one I started working on stripping apart my uh, one of my 570 airframes that I got to make it a nitro. That's been going pretty cool. Uh, Jim uh, Jim did a good job designing that conversion. I'm looking forward to using it, even though it has a few aligned parts. It's only two, so we'll forgive him for that. Yeah, I haven't seen or heard any updates on that lately. How's that? Um, do you have all the parts in already, or there's still? What you're well, still I don't have. I don't have. I don't have the servos. I got everything else. I don't have the cyclic servos. I have uh, Cal Stacy uh, tail for it, and I got. And other than that, everything else I'm kind of waiting on. I need to get four cyclic servos because I need one for throttle. So I'm waiting for the for the new shipment to come in to get those on. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna run that one as a 550 period. I'm not gonna be trying to stretch it or anything like that. Let's keep it as a 570. Uh, and the 580, I'm gonna run as a 600. Um, a lot of flying, I've, I, I've done some flying, not as much as I like to, but I got some flying in, like I said. Uh, it's hot here in Miami right now, it's really hot, and it rains a lot, so I try to get in, I try to go in the afternoons, instead of getting in the mornings. Um, but there's some, also there's been some really good drama on the Hangout. Not on the Hangout, but on Facebook in general with the Tron and that. And I want right, to man, talk about it, man. Break it down for me. I, I, I want to hear about it. No, I got to say it. I, I'm not going to get involved in it, man. But if you're going to bad, you got to badmouth a group for making them follow the rules, making making a person follow the rules in the group, and you're going to go talk about it in, in, in the open forum, you're, you're an asshole, man. You know, I don't agree with some other person, and that, that person has been a has been uh, interviewed at this on this podcast. I'm not gonna say who, but you guys can figure it out pretty much. But that person's an asshole in my book, and you know, I understand when you get a free heli from a brand, you know, you're supposed to represent it and all that. But dude, there's other ways to do things. You know, if if you break a rule in one group and then you complain about it in another group, and that group kicks you out too, you're you gotta you gotta you, there's something coming, dude. You have to understand that. You, it's you. It's it's you. It's nobody else. Uh, but yeah, man, the drama has been intense. There's it's been a lot of guys going. It, you can see there's like a division, not a division, but a, a rupture in the heli sphere. You know, there's people there they don't care, so they don't say anything. They kind of just stay there and watch, kind of egg onto it. You know, and there's some of the people that find it important, and you know, and there's people that just don't care. Well, I mean, and for I wouldn't want to assume that everyone listening actually knows what you're talking about. Um, could you break down the, the major point of contention here? It's with a so, newly released helicopter, right? So what happened is Tron came out. Tron is Tron got partnered with Yintech. Yintech was used to be used to partner with Synergy, and 
for for a period there, they were making a, a helicopter very similar to the one that Synergy, that Matt Bodos designed under a Chinese name selling it in China. Almost a carbon copy to it. And then Bodos found out and stuff went out and they kind of come to a conclusion and kind of like, all right, let's keep working, let's not resolve, let's not destroy the, the, the relationship. And then here comes a new brand called Tron. And they're, when they first came out, their helicopters were very similar to one another. Now they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty opposite in nature. They're like, there's not, the Tron's, in my opinion, is not a copy of the, of, the, of the 516. But I have to say, a lot of that has to be because of people, of their response and they got from the public. Because there were a lot of similarities. They were using very similar head parts. They were using very similar links. Everything was kind of like, yeah, we don't need to use that. We need to use this. They still use the same skid plates, you know? So, and I understand skid, uh, plastic skids are very expensive to make because you got to get a mold, and the mold costs five to $8,000, and you're not going to be making two or three of those for different designs. I get that. I get that, and I'm not saying that it's wrong, and I'm not saying that I, I don't have a place, I don't have a dog in the race. I don't have a, I don't have any skin in the game because I don't even fly any of those brands. Granted, I like Matt Bodos a lot. I used to have a lot of his helicopters. He's a good dude, you know. I, I got a problem with Intech doing what they did, you know, because they affected a really good American brand for no reason, which was kind of it's sad, but it's also a good part too because Matt's gonna make be making them in the United States now, and that's good for our economy. So, I wish him all the luck in the world. But Matt, of course, the other guys I didn't care less about, you know. And it's and it's sad because one of the guys that flies that that other brand, Tron, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude that I that I that I known for, I known for a couple of years now. But everybody makes their choice, man. I'm just saying it. Those people when they go to a phone fly, they're not going to be very. I don't think a lot of people are going to be very nice to them. That's my opinion. Yeah. No. There's um. You know that that post I forget was it Augie that made it uh the post on, yeah. on Facebook um, yeah. he summarized he summarized it very nicely and um if you guys can check it out it 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 really does kind of hammer home the idea of why we want to support a guy like Matt and this hobby and it's not yeah. necessarily about the helicopter you know I mean obviously at the end of the day the helicopter is bread and butter it's what he makes but it's it's more than that you know it's more than just the physical product it is the idea that you've put your your sweat and your blood and your, your thought and your, you know, all of your time and your livelihood into this machine. Um, and that's right. who we, that's who we want. Like we don't want a helicopter. We want a person that is capable of doing that for the hobby, doing that with, for the, you know, developing these kinds of machines. And that's who we want to support. Dude, uh, so. I like that. I've talked to Matt extensively about design work, you know, being an architect and, you know, him being, him designing these things, you know, we talk about all of the design theory and the, what, what he uses to kind of set him in place. You know that guy. First of all, he puts a thousand flights into onto a, a a a model before he even releases it, and wow. then he only releases releases it to its team. It lets its team beats beats on it and get more requests. And then after that, all goes down. Okay, all right, nothing too bad is happening. Everything is pretty good. Okay, then I'll let them out. You know, the five five six. I had that machine, and I, and my SAB overlords guys. Please forgive me on this one. I'm saying forget this ahead of time. That was a solid 550 size machine. It was a solid little helicopter. It flew really good. I've yet to hurt anybody, anybody ever complain about the helicopter. So 
you got to give it man credit like that. You know, he's he's done all the all the design work and then sat there for a month just dot analyzing and and diagnosing it, uh, looking at it on the screen before he even gets a prototype. And when he gets a prototype, he's like two. He's he's already redesigned it three or four times by the time it goes to prototype. And then during prototype, he makes additional changes. So when he gets a working prototype, it's pretty on the money. And then he puts a thousand flights on that. On that, and after that, he sends it to his team for them to test it on fly, and then he put a bunch of flights on that as well. And after all of that goes on, it goes out to the public. So you got to give that you got to give that some credit compared to other machines. You know, I'm not saying that there. I've heard of other machines that they designed them and built them over the weekend, and they've been ready to fly. You know, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but the amount of research and development that Matt does, it's short, is is very it's hard to compete with. Yeah. And that, that just, it, it irks me, you know, obviously Frank, the same background as you. I mean, I've, there, there was two buildings that I was a part of the competition work and, you know, for projects overseas and we submit the project, they pay us a small fee, we hear nothing. And then, you know, five years later, um, someone is traveling through the region, takes a photo and was like, Hey, this looks like your airport. And wow. we're like, oh, that's that's awesome. And so that that happened. That happened twice. Once for an office building, and once yeah. for an airport. And it was the you know they you know they put out a competition and they we submitted our designs and that's all they wanted. You know they have a team of people that can do it. They just wanted the they just wanted the, creative, wanted the big, creative effort. You know. Yeah. And that is uh, incredibly frustrating. And it's not it's not it's obviously not sustainable. So I I don't know. I think the, I think it was the right move to to sever ties, move back to the United States and. And the real kicker will be how many people are going to put their, their money where their, where their mouth is. You know, this helicopter is going to be more expensive. Uh, that's just by virtue of people living in the United States, having a higher standard of living, labor is more expensive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you look around, like we're not buying televisions here. These are not mass produced things that a billion people are buying. There's only so many people in the heli community. And if you want there to still be a heli community in the future, we need to start being more cognizant about where our money's going, you know? And sure. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind paying extra. That means that it's going to be someone that truly believes in what they're doing and is going to be around for the long term. And that's, you know, that's why, that's why you guys are so supportive of goblins. Why, why I am too. Obviously, I, I love goblins, but uh, why I'm so supportive of Oxy, and I, I definitely would put um, Synergy up on that list as well. So it's, yeah. you know, we've got to keep these guys going because there's not, they're the only ones that are keeping not, not the only, but you know, people like this are the only ones that are keeping our hobby alive. No, and it's just that it's, I see all that, but it's also you go to a home flight and you got Matt's there. You're like, hey, Matt, look, I'm having this issue. Whether it's your helicopter, whether it's helicopter or not, he'll look at it. He'll fly for it. He'll be like, I think you got to do this to it. I think you got to adjust this to it. And then, you know, that, that, those stories about Matt looking, testing people's helicopters has been going on for ages, man. That's so pretty, that's pretty damn cool. You can go to a fun and, and the guy who designed it can fix it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. He could, dude, he told it. I had an N7 where I was like, dude. You gotta, you gotta let that thing breathe a little more, man. You gotta give it some, more, yeah, lean that motor out a little bit. It's a little too, you gotta to tighten up, man. You gotta fly mine. I want you to fly my helicopter because I want you to know what it really, <laughs> what I think can really do. And he flew the piss out of my helicopter, man. Like I felt like she, he gave me, she gave it back, he gave it back to me all wet and dry and beat up. But it, it showed that he has a lot of power and it flies really good, you know. And if it wasn't for me flying for Team SAB, you know, which I love goblins, I've been flying goblins way before anything else. I still be flying his helicopters, you know, all kidding aside. He's a good dude. He's, he has a heart of gold. You know, he's very passionate about his work. 
he's a guy that's not afraid to tell you that some is something stupid. He's he, he's he's straight. He shoots straight from the hip. You know, you gotta admire that stuff. You know, and what all went down with that company Intech. You know, it's it's a fucking shame. You know, it's a pity that what's happening, especially you know that other brand coming in. You know, and the funny thing is that the team manager for that brand, me and him had it out on 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 the hangout. He's he's no longer a member there. And not, no disrespect to anybody, you know, I am pretty, I, I try to keep very level-headed about things, but, you know, if, if I think you're doing something wrong and I call you out on it and you just tell me it's what it, it's what it is, it's, you're not going to last in, my, in that group. You know, I didn't, I, didn't build, I didn't start the group, but man, I built, I built a pretty big since, since I got on there. So that's my two cents on it, man. If you want to go cry about it, you know, there's a bunch of other groups I'll let you do it. it just won't be mine. No, it's, I, I think it's a good position to, I think it's a good position to hold. So that's definitely what I'm going to advocate that again, I, I want this hobby to be around for the long term, and the way it, ha the way that happens is by only supporting the brands that, that are actually in it for the right reasons. Yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. You know, that that's obvious, obvious, you know, you see the, the saddest part is that there's someone here in the United States selling them now, dude. It's, it is horrible to hear that, that someone trying to get into the business, decided to start selling that brand. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that as well. And I, I, and I have the same feelings. Um, I, I, I just can't believe, I mean, it, it, it's all about how, how you do things, right? I mean, we're so tight, need a community. And I think that many of us are in this hobby, not just because of the machine, but because of the people. And that leads us, as you said, you know, the people behind the machines, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Luca, I mean, what, what an awesome guy. I mean, you can go and talk to him and laugh with him and, and yeah. remember about something and he'll, he'll tell you everything because, you know, he's, he loves the hobby. You go the same mm -hmm. thing with Matt, you know, go with Matt yeah. and talk with him and, and he'll, he'll share a laugh. He'll share a beer with you. I mean, he's, he's, he's awesome. And he'll help you any way he can because he loves yeah. the hobby. You know, like yeah. you, like you said, you know, Bert, you know, uh, Kyle, uh, you know, both of the Kyles, you know, you know, all these people that you can see that share the same passion and that are willing to help and that are just like um, many, many, many more, uh, many other pilots in the hobby, you know, that they just want to help um, anyone, anyone else, you know, and the fact that they are involved in the business and the design of these things i mean it's all the better but in the end they're pilots just like us so uh it's a it's it's a shame what what happened with with the whole tron story and and truly i tell you you know if these guys had at least acknowledged what they did and said you know uh okay guys we're gonna delay the release of these you know we screwed up Uh, we acknowledge that we're in talks with with Matt, and we'll work things out, and we're gonna release this thing. And 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 Matt even said, yeah, you know, we've we've agreed this, but you see that that you know Matt had to sever the ties with this company, had to sell his ranch, had to move to a different place. Uh, you know, you see all these things that you know all all the all the repercussions of what happened, and this company just not not caring about this whole community aspect of the hobby. And the only thing that it happens is, is that they get uh, relegated. You know, they just get themselves set aside to, to be the, the bad apples. Um, and, and I think that 
Uh, I truly believe that if these guys had done the right thing and acknowledged what happened and made things right, that it would be a completely different story. And, uh, and, and you know, why not welcome one more brand? I mean, it's, this is not about fanboyism. This is not about anything. I mean, I would, uh, uh, you know, as I said, I respect Luca. I would buy an, an Oxy, you know, blindfolded. You know, that, that's, it, it's an awesome machine. And I would have no issue with buying one. I had no issue with buying one. Um, and, and any of the, of, of the brands that, you know, truly great people stand behind them, you know, uh, because, because that's what makes the hobby. But, but these, uh, these stories just, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know if, if whether to call it sad or, uh, or really discouraging or, you know, a bad example, a bad example of what, uh, just trying to see these merely as a business can can do you know not as a passion i mean why not i mean there's people that have proven that you can have both things you can have the business side and you have that but you don't have to leave your passion for that you yeah. don't have to just worry about that i mean yeah i mean these guys uh give a lot of stuff for free give their time give products for free give advice for free uh give their time their presence you know they give a lot because they care, yeah. because they're passionate about it. So just seeing someone not do that is really sad. It's really sad. And, uh, and, and, and you know, uh, we could go on and on with this, but, uh, but yeah, definitely I agree with you guys uh, uh, 100%. You know, uh, there's, there's, there, these guys definitely, I, I've said it before, you know, um, I, I wish that they would not succeed. Uh, not because 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 I'm a bad person that wishes bad upon someone. Just because I I think that that would be a lesson for everyone that you know this type of behavior doesn't fare well. You know, so that so that to let other people know that if you do this on this hobby, then you're not going to be successful. So I I that's why I said that you know I I really hope that that these guys uh, you know. Uh, don't do well. I mean, I cannot put it more, more, more bluntly, I guess, but it's, uh, it's not because I'm mean or because I'm a fanboy, or because uh, you're uh, a little, you're a little fanboy. Come on. I am. I am. Of course. But but, it's not uh, because of it, but it's not because <laughs> but of it's it. not the reason why. Okay. But it's not, the right. okay. it's not, it's not it. because of it. So it's, it's just that, um, I, my, my reasoning for it is I hope that this would teach a lesson to people, um, to, 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 to really do things right. So. I agree. I agree with you. I think I'm going <clears> to, <throat> we've uh, surpassed our originally agreed upon hour and hour and a half. And that's all your fault, you know, that's all Javier's fault. So. <laughs> no, well, yeah, blame it on me. I, I I'll take it. I'll, I'll blame it on you. I'll I think what would be, would be good to end on is that post I had mentioned earlier. I actually um, copied it down and uh, sent it in the text message, I just have it here, but I'll just, I'll just read it for the, for the benefit of those who haven't seen it on Facebook or who don't have Facebook. Um, and then we can just end out this episode uh, on that note, because I don't think anyone really could say this better um, than Augie did. So this is his words here. Um, I wanted to write a bit of an explanation for some of our friends overseas that don't understand how most of us think here in America. When Synergy went down for whatever the reasons, a person by the name of Matt Botos used his personal goodwill capital to rescue it. No matter if he was an employee or an owner or not, the Synergy brand was rescued and propelled to the forefront because of Matt's efforts, not because of Vintex. 
Yintech, if they owned the brand as they say they do from a legal point of view, which has yet still to be proven, never ever said a thing to contradict Matt saying and the general's public perception that he was the owner. So that's called acceptance by omission and can be used in a court of law using laws that protect us from dishonest marketing practices. Yintech's current attempt at selling synergy parts to dealers benefiting of the goodwill created by Matt's efforts and dedication in our eyes in America is a form of stolen valor. They come in after the fact and reap the benefits of the personal capital that Matt spent creating a brand image based on his decades as an ambassador to the hobby. They had absolutely no presence in the hobby until they had this spat with Matt. If there are debts that need to be repaid, that's a commercial issue, not a brand issue. And that can be resolved by agreeing to a payment form and not by stealing someone's brand loyalty created by decades of hard work by that person. What Yentech doesn't understand is that despite all of the previous history with the owner that died and who paid the debts or whatever happened, um, that to us, this is irrelevant because we don't buy Synergy. We buy Matt. Even if, he was, even if he was forced to change the name to I Like Turtles, we would soon be saying things like, dude, have you seen the new I Like Turtles 520? That's the concept they miss. No, no explanation of what happened will make, uh, will make them Matt. There was one person that we put our trust in, and that person is Matt Bodos. And without him, the Synergy brand loses its meaning and its appeal. And now they want to use Matt's goodwill for their benefit without them having been the ones that built it, without them having ever taken any responsibility for the problems that arose, whatever they did. It was Matt who resolved and fixed them and faced and battled the storms. It was his actions standing behind the brand that translated into the trust of the brand what and what created that trust and why we buy the brand Matt. Stolen Valor is the reason that we don't want Intech, Tron, or anything related to them in America. Stolen Valor for us in America is a very serious thing. We will stand behind Matt and we will wait until the cows come home for him to finish moving and for him to restart the production. And for any reason he cannot watch, he can't then watch how the brand will die without him. And not because the Synergy brand died, but because the Matt brand died. And I, I just, I don't think you can say it any better than that. I mean, that is, that is the, the, you know, the, the point that I think we've all been being around the bush. This is, this is a hobby made up of people and these are people that we support. So. That is so true. And I hope, and I hope the person who's, who's linging them around in, in, on Facebook hears this and understands this. You know, you can try to make it all about whatever else, but listen to the words. All right. So on that somber note, <laughs> let's uh, let's call. Do you have night. like a joke or something to finish up on the high note? I don't, man. I don't. Uh, you to hear a funny story? I end up with this one. This happened to me this week. I was not going to bring it up because I didn't want to catch shit about it, but it's happened to everybody, right? So I I, I went flying Monday. You forgot right? to you started. forgot to screw down the Jesus bolt. No, 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 dude. <laughs> don't make fun of don't make fun of Tom Shin. You shouldn't do that, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, but but so I went to go fly again on Tuesday. I got I got my packs charged up at, at work because I have a second charging setup at work, so I can charge at work. And I got all that ready. And when I get to the field, I realized they already have my radio. Nice. nice. So that's well, that. That was that was my. Are you trying to make fun of me for what I texted you over the weekend where I went all the way to the field and forgot my freaking battery plates for the Oxy-5 and couldn't <laughs> no, fly it because I'm retarded? Yeah. <laughs> that, dude, that happens, dude. But forgetting your radio, especially as much as I fly, usually usually in my car, right, if you go to my car right now, there's about three helicopters in it, most of the time in the backseat, covered up. And I have a gallon of fuel. I have my generator in my trunk. I, I'm pretty set up to go fly any day, any time I can. Don't but, you have uh, like three V-control radios? You, well, should, just leave, you should just leave one in your car. 
Dude, so so I so I sold one at the beginning of the year. So now I only had two, right? I had my V Touch and my aluminum V control. And then a good friend of mine named Frank Chia, he's like, Hey, I'm looking for a regular V control. Who has an aluminum one? And I'm like, oh, my sim radio. <laughs> and and I and I sold my aluminum V control that I've had for three years. That it's main, mainly been used on the sim for the last two years. So that's why on today's uh episode i talked so much because i wasn't sitting the whole time well we so. appreciated it you should um pay attention to us more often while we're talking yeah, I, only, I only do it when 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 uh javier's talking anyways so that's three quarters of the episodes most of the time i would have been simming but my weak hands are hurt by jetty's stiff springs so <laughs> <laughs> all right man i think that's gonna do it for us tonight um but uh, yeah, and uh, let's see. You know, it's been a while since we've talked about getting a hold of any of us. If there are any questions or any suggestions, we've actually gotten quite a few um, comments on, on our episodes, and we try to incorporate the suggestions in as they come. So um, please feel free to reach out to us if you um, want to argue a point or uh, just kind of voice a voice an opinion, and uh, we'll, we'll get back with you. But the best way to reach us as a entity is through our Gmail address, which is skidsup.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and then you can also find me and Frank on the Hangout. And I believe Javier lives on Helifreak. I'm not 100% on yes, that. Yes, I'm of the few surviving members in Helifreak. We're going to make Javier a Facebook account. <laughs> he's only going to be allowed to use it for the Hangout and other groups, other helicopter groups. But he's going to be on there. We're going to make one for him. Even if he doesn't want to use it. You know, I, can write it. I, can write a, I can just write a script that will just feed posts to him, to his cell phone. <laughs> we can do that, man. I, I'll, I'll set up an account well, I, for him. I told you. I, I I did tell you about that guy, though, right? Um, I did one for the Heli Free Classifieds. That's how I um, I pounce on those deals so soon because I've got a script that automatically texts me whenever something sweet shows up. I think that'll do it for us tonight, man. Um, guys, got anything else? Uh, I have one more, but I'll leave it as a teaser for next time. I have one item on my list for next time. <laughs> have you been Have you been compiling a list while we were talking? Uh, just one, just one item. <laughs> I, I knew you, I knew you couldn't go a whole episode without writing more notes. <laughs> All right. What is it? What is it? Are I'll you? leave it as, I leave it as that, you know, oh, you're next, not even going to tell us. You're not even going to tell us. You're not even going to give us a hint. No, just, no, just it's, 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 it's called a teaser. Well, I mean, you have to tease something, not just, I have something to tease. I got something to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that, those are the best teasers. What? All right. All right. Well, there you go. Um, next time Javier will say something. <laughs> Okay, here's a tip. I'll follow up on something that was said today on the on, on the podcast. How about that? I look forward to hearing it. And um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we hope you guys have a good week. Um, and we'll see you next time. See ya. See you guys.